Welcome to Highly Questionable. I hear Dan's doing great in his two-week-long Dungeons & Dragons tournament. This is his father, way happier that he's not here. That's George Sedano. George, what do you like on the show today? Oh, the L.A. Ramsies. Hey, let's go. Let's do it, Bobby. Well, Jalen Ramsey fixed the Rams. Well, Jalen Ramsey was sent to the Rams for not one, but two first-round picks last night. And there was suddenly a lot of discussion on social media whether that was worth it or whether he is indeed going to fix the Rams. Here's the thing about the Rams. This is the behavior of a team that was 4-12 three seasons ago and really likes what's been happening the last two years a lot more. They've been telling you from the beginning they are all in right now. This is a team that's defense was littered with stars and performing like it. Now they're more aging or injured or gone. And this is a team that lost three straight games and in that span have allowed the second worst QBR rating. So what do they do? Pick up the most attractive Band-Aid on the market. Of course, Jalen Ramsey is going to be able to help out that defense. They're going to be able to play a lot more man, ramp up the pressure some. But will he be able to fix that offensive line that they're playing poorly? Will he be able to sort of settle concerns about Jared Goff and his drop-off? He won't be. But this Rams team is going to go all in anyway. If the Stars play like Stars and stay healthy, they can make another Super Bowl. But Jalen Ramsey's also one injury away from having Blake Bortles as his quarterback again. And that won't do anything good for the Rams. The short answer is yes. He will fix at least one of their problems. They were ranked 20th in pass defense this season. To Izzy's point, the offensive line has been a problem not just this season, but dating back to late last season. Where age became a problem, they suffered because of that at the end of last year. They replaced a bunch of those old guys with a bunch of new guys and a bunch of inexperienced guys at the center of that offensive line, which has led to some of the problems with Jared Goff specifically. But... Ultimately, this team, as Izzy pointed out, is also all in because you know what? Les Need is a gambler. He doesn't care about tomorrow. He'll put that thing on the credit card and figure that stuff out later because their best players are still in their prime and relatively still young. And let's face it, the salary cap in the NFL can be manipulated. The cap continues to grow. Guys will extend their deals and restructure. So there's still ways for this team to continue to get better moving forward. I guess they are not to worry about his back injury (laughs) yeah yeah, right that is the quickest healing back in the history of football no question is lebron right to stop talking about china well a couple of days ago lebron addressed the media for the first time regarding the issue with china that began with a daryl morey tweet not a lot of people were happy or satisfied with what he said and then yesterday he addressed it one more time i talked about it yesterday Uh, i tweeted out a couple responses to people not understanding you know, my knowledge of what it came from, from my brain and, and, and for me learning from the situation. I'm talking about it now and uh, I, I won't talk about it again uh, because I'll be cheating my teammates by continuing to harp on something that won't benefit us, uh, you know, trying to win a championship because that's what we're here for. Um, we're not politicians. Um, I think it's, it's a huge political thing, um, but we are we are leaders and, and we can step up at times, but there's times where I'm not saying in this particular instance, but, you know, if you don't, but like you should speak upon things you, you shouldn't have to. Well, is he right to stop talking about it? Sure, because if he's made one thing perfectly clear the whole time, he never wanted to talk about it to begin with. This was not LeBron's fight to pick. And moreover, he was especially critical of Daryl Morey because he didn't believe Daryl Morey was invested enough in this particular issue to put all of these people in this same position. Therefore, LeBron is saying, was never my fight? I get that. But he's used the phrase bigger than basketball a lot. This one in particular is an issue that is, again, way bigger than basketball. If he wants to choose his fights, that's fine. Just say that's what you're doing. I think what most people were disappointed with is that he picked on Daryl Morey to begin with. 
LeBron surely should stop talking about this because it only continues to snowball on him and it creates an even bigger story because it's him at the center of this now where we thought we had moved past this. But LeBron is a businessman and he's making a business decision, much like many other corporations who also deal with China in this country make business decisions. And it's not always based on morality in this spot. He's clearly mad at Daryl Morey because Daryl Morey sent a tweet, which he then deleted. And I think LeBron's point was, if you felt that strongly about it, you probably wouldn't have deleted it and you probably wouldn't have apologized about it, let alone having to have us deal with it in China while you weren't there. And lastly, LeBron isn't necessarily committed to talking about social issues in China if he's speaking about social issues that are more near and dear to his heart here in this country. That's not something he has to do. I have a better idea. What's, What's that? that? Stop talking about everything. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. Is it over for Marcos Mariota's starting QB in the NFL? Ah, so Marcus Mariota is being replaced by a guy we know down here pretty well, Ryan Tannehill. Here's some numbers from Marcus Mariota over the years. He's in his fifth year. He's 29 and 32 as a starter. His quarterback rating for his career, 89.6. His best year, he got them nine wins, and this is probably pretty damning here. Since the start of the 2015 season in the NFL, there have been 15 cases of a quarterback completing 40% of his passes or less. Marcus Mariota has three of them. Look, you can tell me all you want about late bloomers like a Steve Young or Rich Gannon, maybe an Alex Smith, but all those guys had very specific scenarios. They were Alex Smith and Steve Young were put into offenses that fit them very well. Alex Smith was surrounded by a lot of talent and Andy Reid. Rich Gannon didn't even get there till he was 34 years old. This is probably more of a case of you know it when you see it. We've seen Marcus Mariota for five years. And yes, has he been failed by the Titans because of coaching changes and coordinator changes? Sure. But when you're replaced by a guy that people still aren't sure about, then you know you've got a problem on your hands. Well, to your point, I don't think this is an easy question to answer necessarily. Yes, it's an indictment when Ryan Tannehill, who basically was Marcus Mariota before Marcus Mariota was, uh, is replacing you. That's never a good thing. There were seven years of Tannehill to figure out if he could play. There's been a sample of five. But you did bring up something that I think you can push back upon when it comes to the organization. He had five different coordinators in five years, three head coaches. Yes, there are things that Marcus Mariota didn't do well. He was inaccurate at times. His footwork isn't always great. But they didn't necessarily provide him with a great supporting cast either. His offensive line is atrocious. 29 sacks in six games this season. Those are things that you can blame on the organization too. It's not just all on Mariota. You told me things he wasn't great at. Quick, tell me something he's great at. Exactly. How should Bryce Harper feel about the Nats making the World Series? This is pretty much worst case scenario for a guy like Bryce Harper right here. Obviously, he leaves, right? Didn't get the type of contract he wanted from the Nationals. The Nationals start 19 and 31. Looking great for Bryce Harper, right? Oh, no. They turned it around big time, make it to the playoffs. They clinch right in front of Bryce Harper. In that outfield he used to roam is a 20-year-old named Juan Soto, who's pretty much the polar opposite power hitter of him, a guy who does not strike out a lot and still has big power numbers. Oh, and their new MVP candidate, Anthony Rendon, is about to get that $30 million a year contract with not as many deferred payments that Bryce Harper was wanting from the Nationals. And the Nats are super hot, might upset the Houston Astros or the Yankees and win the World Series for the first time in franchise history. It's a disaster for Bryce Harper. He should come by, come back next year, maybe have a new name and entirely new identity. It's like the bizarro Don Mattingly. The Yankees' first baseman was beloved. They finally made the playoffs when he was there. 
and then he retires and they win the World Series, right? Except that Bryce Harper, not as beloved in Washington, D.C. right now, but he's got to be miserable. There's no way that you watch your ex-girlfriend in this particular case go on and get married to like a billionaire and you're going to be happy about it. There's no way you're human. You're not going to be happy about them succeeding at this point. So happy birthday, Bryce. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's his birthday? Yes. No way. Yes. Does Game 4 feel like a must win for the Yankees? Well, the Astros won last night, taking a 2-1 series lead. Game 4 is postponed tonight. Won't be played until tomorrow, at least scheduled for tomorrow. But to me, this is simple math. The Yankees can afford one more loss in this series. They are likely going to face Garrett Cole one more time. So every other game is a must win. They are not beating that guy. He's not only 19-0 in his past 25 starts, but yesterday didn't have his best stuff. He had the fewest swings and misses on his fastball in his last 53 starts yesterday. Still went seven shutout innings. You're not getting past that guy. You're going to have to beat everybody else. Yeah, he had four walks in that game. That's usually not the case. The Yankees weren't able to take advantage of it and of course the irony right they drafted him the 28th overall pick he went to ucla spurned them then they had a chance to trade for him and brian cashman balked at the asking price and then he goes to the astros in this situation but look for the yankees the postponement actually could be a blessing in disguise for them because their bullpen is taxed right now they need to rest those guys as much as possible and if they have to deal with it four straight games which is a real possibility if they continue to extend this series they'll deal with it as it comes but to be honest tanaka also needs to give them a lot of pitches he's got to go at least 100 deep to give that bullpen even more rest are you a yankee fan yeah <laughs> you can tell huh <laughs> astros 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 coming up next on my son stevie show yeah, and he was, I mean, he's hitting it from everywhere, George, whether it be a pull-up. I mean, he looked like he was playing with college confidence in this game. Yeah, he, Didn't he need thought to be he was wide playing open. in the tournament again all of a sudden for Purdue, the way he performed. Yeah, you just look at that bench and see when he, this guy gets hot, he's going to be a menace for teams. I'd rather have him than Scary Terry, right? Yeah, he's a bucket man, and he's tough. Yeah, oh, I mean, that's just pinned against the glass. What actually they love really about him is if you know anything about Novell Pell, he was a high school guy who never actually qualified for college, went straight to the pros in like 2013 and has been middling ever since. And here he is making quite the impact, man. You cannot make a tumblet without breaking a few wrecks. Do you question? You give us topics and events and we question them. Do you question if teams are going to regret passing on Carson Edwards? Well, Carson Edwards was the second-round pick for the Celtics. Brad Stevens knows a thing or two about Indiana basketball. Carson Edwards went to Purdue, shot the lights out out there, and he hit nine three-pointers in a preseason game yesterday, George, which isn't that great, right, in the league with Steph Curry? Yeah, but eight of those came in the third quarter. Here's some of that. Yeah, and he was, I mean, he's hitting it from everywhere, George, whether it be a pull-up. I mean, he looked like he was playing with college confidence in this game. Yeah, he, Didn't he need thought to be he was wide playing open. in the tournament again all of a sudden for Purdue, the way he performed. Yeah, you just look at that bench and see when he, this guy gets hot, he's going to be a menace for teams. I'd rather have him than Scary Terry, right? Yeah, he's a bucket man, and he's tough. Like, I got a chance to be around him during Summer League, and they, they fell in love with him very quickly. You know, second-round picks is, as you know, don't get guaranteed contracts very quickly. They guaranteed it right after a couple of summer league games. That's how confident they are in this kid's ability. This is the type of game that people predicted he could have. If he has a few of these in the regular season, going to absolutely be a second-round steal. Yep. I hear that his teammates, they love him. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know why? Why not? 
because he's not Kyrie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's, that's so a true. great starting point. <laughs> they no just question. put on his jersey anyone but Kyrie. Yes. <laughs> Do you question if the Sixers bench was right to be this excited by Norvell Pell? Uh, the Sixers were pretty excited when they saw Ben Simmons hit a three. They might have been a little bit more excited with this guy, Norvell Pell. He's on a two-way contract, had five blocks last night. Here's some of that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's just pinned against the glass. What actually they love really about him is if you know anything about Novell Pell, he was a high school guy who never actually qualified for college, went straight to the pros in like 2013 and has been middling ever since. And here he is making quite the impact, man. Now, the Pistons weren't, they were pretty uh, light up front. They didn't have Blake Griffin, but... You get five blocks in a game. That doesn't really matter. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they actually have a deep center Woo! rotation between Pell and Embiid and Chris Kumaji, the kid that they drafted from Florida State. So, I mean, Philly's got some stuff. And their bench is just feeling it. And if you're a guy like Norvell Pell, that's what you want. This could be your career right here. You may never play in a real NBA game, but you had this moment. Do you see that bench? Yes. That's where he's going to be sitting <laughs> yeah. in the regular season, right there. If he's lucky. If he's lucky. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> Do you question him number 11 is a team player? I will question anybody when they play soccer. We're going to go to Illinois for some high school soccer and see if this number 11 is a ball hog. Which one's number 11? Oh. Is it that guy who just got knocked down? Yes, yep. that's there number 11. And here he goes. Yeah. Not many. Chris Dabbs Porzingis takes the ball up the left side. Man, he is yeah. tall. They're all hoping. Oh, yeah. Did you hear no. them all yelling for him to pass? <laughs> Never passing the ball, this guy. You can faintly hear this. This looks like a revenge goal right here. He's going to score this, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, of so course that was, he is. That was an Allen Iverson play. Then yeah, I don't question him. I don't question him. Somewhere around there is uh, Aaron McKee, uh, the soccer version of Aaron McKee, Raja Bell. They're all there to just help him. You're two feet taller than everybody else in the field. Go ahead and take the ball wherever you want. That guy should play for the U.S. men's team. <laughs> oh, they no. <laughs> they lost two to nothing to Canada last night. Do you question if this shirtless guy is an elite athlete? I've got no information on what's coming here, but it says shirtless guy, so it's probably going to be entertaining. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Man. Granddad is a ping pong master. I mean, you know, I didn't know you could play shirts and skins at ping pong. Really. I'll tell you, I'm terrible at ping pong, and I always think of an old Mitch Hedberg quote, rest in peace, Mitch Hedberg, where he said that the depressing thing about tennis is no matter how good you get, you'll never be as good as a wall. And this <laughs> guy is boring. a wall he right is, here. He's not even moving Ooh, all that much. Oh, no. He finally moved and <laughs> took him out and then nutmegged him. That's fantastic. <laughs> Broken ankles in ping pong. Never oh. seen it before. That is not my favorite older ping pong player. No? Oh, you have another? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, How can you forget Grandma oh, taking out the buffet? Oh. <laughs> and she's going down. Oh, no. That's the expensive plates, too. Coming up next on my son's TV show. How about you, Papi? Are you intrigued? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Boy, I'm going to be looking for my favorite uh, NBA player, Javel McGee. Oh, you know, uh, he's going to go against his whole team. So, you Reigning know, three. That's right. Javel Reigning McGee. three. That's my guy. It is a revenge game for Javel <laughs> McGee. He's all in. Highly questionable. is broadcast from the Clevelander Hotel on beautiful South Beach, Miami. Time to play the game that has no idea where Dan is. I'm starting to get worried. See? Oh, no. I was about to say nobody's worried at all. You tell us to watch on TV tonight. We'll tell you if we're intrigued. 
Tonight on ESPN, Warriors and Lakers. Well, I'm always good for a good dress rehearsal, although it seems like these two teams play each other every game in the preseason. The last time they faced each other, Zach Norville Jr. of Gonzaga had himself quite a few moments here. Ooh, look at that cross. Wow. Let's see that again. Woo! Dwight Howard's excited, whatever the heck is on his head. Oh, no. Mm. At least you have the rest of the preseason to rest those ankles. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> Careful, LeBron. Careful. If that ever happens to him, everybody should be oh. dancing. George, are you intrigued? CC, I'm always good for a seven-game series in the preseason between two teams. <laughs> How about you, Papi? Are you intrigued? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Boy, I'm going to be looking for my favorite uh, NBA player, Javel McGee. Oh, you know, uh, he's going to go against his whole team. So, you Reigning know, three. That's right. Javel Reigning McGee. three. That's my guy. It is a revenge game for Javel <laughs> McGee. He's all in. Tonight on HBO, 24-7 college football. Well, yeah, when HBO gets involved, of course, they're doing a four-part series, kind of a little bit of Hard Knocks college style. Their next episode's on Arizona State. Look who's laughing over at Arizona State right now. Herm Edwards, ranked number 17. Let's see what they look like. On the next 24-7 college football, see firsthand how Arizona State is revolutionizing their program. You can never cheat the game of football. Herm Edwards has the Sun Devils soaring. The practice, the preparation is bigger than the game. As they get ready for their Pac-12 conference showdown with Washington State. Our hands got to match our feet. Bam, bam, bam. Herm Edwards is not only my sock mentor, but also a great soundbite, so you know that's going to be good. George, are you intrigued? CC, I'm intrigued. Herm's done a nice job. Look, this one's personal for me. I love Herm. Herm's been a great guy for us. I'm happy to see his success. He's built a good staff there, too, and he's got a good young freshman quarterback. Oh, how sweet. Poppy, are you intrigued? Oh, yeah, CC, I'm very intrigued. He's one of my favorite guys. You know, he was a hell of a nice guy at the ESPN, you know, and he has a good uh, a good football mind, you know, so he's going to do very well moving forward. You've never met him have you never did <laughs> <laughs> streaming on espn plus 30 for 30 chuck and tito oh yeah for the new ufc fans you want a little bit of history this is a 30 for 30 on one of the biggest rivalries in the ufc let's take a look when the Fertitta brothers and Dana White took over the UFC, they had to rebrand the entire organization. Banned in North Carolina. There were a lot of states you couldn't hold fights, and people thought it was fights to the death. Tito and Chuck ushered in the era where people outside this hardcore niche were beginning to pay attention to mixed martial arts. At the same time Tito was winning, Chuck was winning. <sighs> that was Chuck Liddell. He was a marauder. All of us were friends. We fought on the same team together. It was obvious that they were going to fight. One of your best friends, Chuck Liddell, is next in line. What's going to happen? Me and Chuck, I mean, our friendship's not worth the money we're getting paid, if you ask me. He didn't want to fight me. Because he knew what was going to happen. It was never Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell. It was them against me. And Chuck Liddell is the light heavyweight champion! They carry the sport into the modern era. I'm going to knock him out, and he knows it. It was a real-life soap opera, and the dissolution of a friendship over money, fame, and how do they settle it? In the cage. 
Yeah, that seems great and probably really good for that sport, too. George, are you intrigued? CCC, man, you give it to me. Give me all the mainstream stuff and how this sport really evolved, as you pointed out earlier, man. The young ones, they don't know about these two guys. These guys made this sport happen. Not so young. Bobby, are you intrigued? Oh, CCC, I'm very intrigued. Easy, you think that these guys are the tough guys? Yeah. Well, how come before the show you were calling them soft guys? Mm. Oh. I wasn't. There's no proof of that. Oh, I, I can vouch for Papi. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for watching. Make sure you download and subscribe to the Sedano Show podcast. I got an NBA preview coming up. Bring it in, boys. <laughs> Bring it in. Uh, feel right at home. <laughs> <laughs>